This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm joined by Andy Lapata as we discuss how you can nurture and leverage professional relationships. Andy Lapata was labelled by The Sun as Mr Network and was called one of Europe's leading business networking strategists by the Financial Times and a true master of networking by The Independent. He's author of three books on networking as well as a blogger for The Huffington Post. Andy's second book, And Death Came Third, reached number two on Amazon during its launch, while his third book, Recommended, How to Sell Through Networking and Referrals, reached number one in the business charts at WH Smith's. In this conversation, we're talking all about how you can nurture, grow and maintain those professional relationships to get the results that you want by being real and authentic. So Andy, thank you so much for coming on Entrepreneurs Get Visible today. So we're talking a lot today about what it means to nurture your relationships in a professional way for your business. So just give a little overview on what your take on that is. My take on it is that it's essential. It's amazing how many people disregard the professional relationships that they invest time in building or they invest time in getting the connection, should I say, but then don't do anything with them. You know, my business strapline is and always has been connecting is not enough because there's a culture of how many people am I connected to on LinkedIn? How many business cards did I collect at that event? And there's very little thought to how many really strong, meaningful professional relationships do I have? And those relationships come through nurturing that connection, by getting to know them, by supporting them, by picking up the phone, by having a conversation. And it's time intensive, which puts people off, but it saves time and it leads to much more powerful results Mm. if you have people that will support you. And to put this into context, it's the difference between being absolutely hungry to get as many business cards as you can at a meeting, but then not actually doing anything sufficient to follow up. Maybe you send one email, but even that's not enough because it's not a deep relationship, is it? Absolutely. It's a core part of what I teach is the simple stuff about building business relationships, just nurturing the relationships. It amazes me how many people don't even send that one email, but it's not enough. And I talk about the seven stages of professional relationship. And you start with recognize. If I, after this conversation, this is the first time we've spoken to each other. After this conversation, if I see you again and come across you in the next couple of weeks, I'll recognize you. But if neither of us follow up with each other, we'll soon drop out of each other's networks. Mm. So my first job is to build a wall behind that and make sure that I move on to the next stage, which is we know each other. And then you go deeper from there. Mm. But what people forget is that just exchanging business cards or connecting on LinkedIn doesn't put someone in your network. It puts them there briefly, but it doesn't keep them there. And you have to work to get to a point where actually, once you've got strong, established relationships, you could go 10 years without engaging with someone and you could pick up where you left off. And that happens to me a lot of the time. So it's that thing about making yourself memorable to somebody. Yes, but in a natural and authentic way. 
So what that I, might that look like then for you? Well, well let me tell you what it's not going to look like, first of all, if that's <laughs> okay. When I used to run networking group, there was this thing about you've got to stand out. Everyone does a presentation for a minute. And how do you stand out from the crowd? And I saw people turn up to networking groups wearing silly hats or in a particular type of dress style or whatever. If that's how you dress all the time and naturally because you're comfortable like that, then that's authentic and that's fine. If you're doing it as a gimmick to be memorable, then please stop. What makes someone memorable is, well, Dale Carnegie said it, the sweetest sound to any man is the sound of his own name. What makes people memorable is them showing an interest in you. People who care about you, people who listen to you genuinely rather than pretending to, people who ask interesting, stimulating and challenging questions, Mm -hmm. people who remember you after you first meet, people who think about you when they read something that might interest you or they meet someone who might be a good connection for you and they follow that up. That's what makes people stand out. Mm, absolutely it's that idea I mean I've been to networking events and people have had crazy outfits on or things that they just you you think what are you actually doing what is this for it's a push too far in trying to stand out you're standing out for the wrong reasons and yet if you can nurture and build those relationships and actually put effort into them right from the word go when you meet someone not looking over their shoulder to think who else is in the room that's more useful to me who could be a client but thinking about well who is it that this person has in their sphere that that they know because you you never know do you and we're not just talking here about when you network we're talking here about all of those relationships you have one of the things that I see a lot of people I work with do is that they're afraid to even tell their friends and family what they do or ask for those connections that they might have and you're laughing here because I guess this is something that you talk about a lot and I want to come back in a, a second if it's okay to what we've just been talking about but just on that what's really interesting is when I've spoken in Italy When I spoke recently in Dubai, when I mentioned how we Brits see the difference between business and personal, the audiences there laugh. They think we're crazy because it's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, we're not the only country in the world that thinks like this, but we're one of the most extreme in terms of separating the two. The people who most want you to succeed, the people who, who get the most pleasure from your success and at the same time the most pain from your struggles mm-hmm. are the people who love you the most and that's your friends and family and yet we we turn away from them to people who barely know us just for that support and, and I find that quite bizarre I think the mistake we make is that we categorize too broadly and rather than saying well here's Anna and Anna really gets business and is interested in business And I can have a stimulating conversation with Anna, irrespective of how we know each other, if we talk about business. And here's John on the other side. And John just wants to talk about football. And he wants to escape from his job when we socialize. So I need to remember this when I engage with Anna. And I'm okay to talk about work. But when I'm with John, it's not okay. Instead of doing that, we say, well, Anna and John are friends and family. Therefore, I'll treat them both the same way and not talk about work. And I think that's the mistake we make. We put everyone in the same broad category rather than engage with them, engaging with them as individuals, which is what we should do. Yeah. If I can just quickly go take a step back to when yes. we were talking about staying in touch with people and nurturing the relationship, just what you were saying made me think of a phone call I had this morning. I came out of a, a session with a client. So I was mentoring a client and I had a text message. Now, this is from a guy also called Andy, who's based in Scotland. And Andy and I met years ago. I mean, we're talking probably 15 years or more. Hmm. And we've always got on, but we've seen each other very rarely. I mean, I think the number of times we've met in person, you could probably count 
on the fingers of both hands, if not one. But what Andy is brilliant at is just picking up the phone every now and then, just for conversation. And he's very respectful of time. He texts me today. He said, I know you're really busy, but I'd really appreciate like, a few minutes catch up if you've got time before Christmas. You know, we're a good few weeks away, you know, the time we're recording this. And I'm happy to return that call. And I did it immediately, even on a busy day, because I know Andy's spirit. And Andy actually asked me last time we spoke, he said, I don't always understand why people are willing to give me the time when I do this. And I said, because we know you're not looking for something. You're just staying in touch. And I really respect that. And I know that if Andy called me and said, said, Andy, I need some help, I'd be happy to give it because he's not only phoning me when he needs help. And similarly, I know if I called Andy and I said, I need help, he'd be willing to give it to me because we've laid the bricks the foundations of the relationship just by going back to what I was saying, showing an interest in the other person and not making everything an agenda. I think 90% of follow-up should be about the other person. Sadly, for most people, 90% of their follow-up is about them. And what they can get. Yeah, the classic example is, is, I'm sure you must have had them on LinkedIn. I keep getting these LinkedIn messages from my connections that are sent to their whole network that say, hi, it may be a while since we spoke. So I thought I'll tell you what I've been up to in the last year. No one cares. No one cares. I did not. (laughs) Pick up the phone to five people instead of sending a message to a thousand and just say, Anna, we haven't spoken for a while. How are you? But there's a fear that stops people doing that, Andy. You must have come across that. People are scared of reaching out. People are scared to build those bridges in case there's that rejection. Yeah, I, I, I um, spoke at a conference on Tuesday and we did an Ask the Experts table after where the speakers and a few others just sat with about 10 or 15 people from the audience each and answered questions. And, and one of the things I was saying is pick up the phone. Just pick up the phone. You know, phone three people a day. They don't have to answer. You've reached out. And someone said, but won't people think you want something if you call? And I said, if that's their perception, what does it say about how you've been with them till now? And how are you going to change it unless you change your behavior and phone and not want something? And maybe they do think you want that. And they look for your agenda in the first call. But like with Andy in Scotland, I'm all about long-term strategies, by the way. I, You know, People think about relationship building and they're thinking, what's in it for me tomorrow? Not at all right now. Yeah. And it's all right now. How long are you in your business for? How long are you in your career for? I'm happy to lay foundations for a relationship with you now that may well lead to the referral of my lifetime in 15 mm-hmm. years. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You never know where your life and your business is going to pivot and shift yeah. and grow and develop. This is one of the things that I found. I've had you know, some quite significant careers and I, I've, I've evolved as time's gone on. And now people are coming to work with me that I had relationships and knew in a previous life because I treated them well, because I gave them the time and respect when I was doing something very, very different. And I think, so it's the idea of treating everybody as though they are valuable, no matter what field they're in, no matter what they do, no matter what level of, I guess, strata of society they're in, treat people with respect and you do get it back. And can I just change the wording you used ever so slightly? What did I say? No, you didn't say anything <laughs> wrong. I think it could be said even better. Go on, say you it. You said, treat everybody as if they are valuable. Mm. I would change that to treat people as if you value them. Oh. Think, if they're valuable, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to let you have yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is interesting how often I meet people that 
I had I had strong relationships with five, ten years ago, and our lives have gone different ways. It happens. Mm. But we pick up, I mentioned this earlier, we pick up where we left off. Once a relationship has reached a certain level, then you can leave it. I'm not saying you should, but you can leave it and come back to it, and it's fine. But again, when you come back to it, in an ideal world, you'll be coming back on a relationship footing rather than an I want footing. So how might this work then for someone with a a small business who's just getting going? What difference can they make to their approaches with people? Stop being so desperate. Yes, you need short-term results and those opportunities will come. But everyone you meet is someone you can value, going back to what we were saying just before. Some of those will hold a key to you now. And sometimes when you, you really need help, you might want to ask sooner than ideally you would in other circumstances. But also have an eye on the future. Also just be looking for people you like, you have a rapport with, you have something in common with, and you could bear the thought of sharing a coffee with. And establish those relationships with no eye on the immediate prize. The other thing I would say, if you're just starting your business, and and I saw this in my days running networking groups where, and it goes back to this friends and family thing to a degree, because I think it's part of the equation, but I was amazed by, it sounds like a lot of things amaze me, doesn't it? But (laughs) I was amazed by the number of people who would come to a networking group and they set up a new business and they would put all their effort looking for referrals and support and first clients into that networking group, a group of complete and utter strangers at that point. Not uh, anyone else. Never ask the people that they've worked with previously, that they, their neighbours, their friends, their social contacts, their family. Going back to what I said earlier, the people they cared about them. So if you're starting a new business and someone said, go out and network to build it, yeah, that's fine. Build your network. Build your network that can give you mutual support that in time will give you referrals that might lead to direct clients now. But also think about your existing network mm-hmm. and think who would be happy to see you succeed. You've got the best story in the world because once your business is established, you'll find it even harder to ask for help because you'll think people might think you're struggling. Mm. that would be wrong by the way but that's a natural thought when you're starting a business you've got a story that doesn't make you look weak or vulnerable i'm starting a new venture i would really appreciate your help i want to get this off the ground as quickly as i can it's powerful stuff i mean it makes me think i was overhearing a conversation at um it was actually my local co-op and someone i don't know why they were asked what is it you do they were talking about their work and they literally couldn't get the words out of their mouth like it was too awkward to be saying it in their local shop it wasn't relevant to the people in the village or the people who worked in the co-op and i hear this time and time again about that difficulty being comfortable with what you do you've got to be able to say it you've got to be able to share what you do then other people can't help you and for me I like to think of it if I'm not clear in what I do and and how I work with people and I don't let those people around me know when I go out for dinner or or when I'm you know in a bar or, or whatever if I can't say that how can I expect that I'm going to get referrals and build relationship if I'm not comfortable talking about that but part of that is understanding that it's reciprocal so if it's okay for them to talk about what they do it's okay for me to talk about myself a little bit too there's a few things to unwrap there the first is the fear of being seen to brag which i think is part of it or to bore people with the bragging element you don't need to brag but if you don't believe in yourself why should anyone else yeah so have confidence in in your successes share your achievements just don't go on and on about them the talk i gave on tuesday i've had some fantastic feedback on linkedin i haven't shared all of it but i've posted a couple of them because it's other people's words, but why not? And what I have noticed is when I've shared notable achievements on social media, I get higher engagement for those posts than almost anything else. Mm -hmm. 
And that is me talking myself up. Mm. So it's okay as long as you do it in reasonable doses. Mm. The second thing is you said if people don't know, they can't help you. And that's absolutely right. One of the core foundations of a champion, someone who will refer you regularly, is they understand what you do and who you do it for. They can recognize an opportunity for you when you're not in the room. And if you're not telling them what you do and who you do it for, they can't do that. And yeah, we've got that fear of boring people, but that's going to the extreme. And what we do is we, to avoid one extreme, we stay in the other and we don't talk about it at all. Now, you have several chances every day to educate your network about what you do. And if you're like 99.9% of other people, you spurn them because several times a day, people say to you, how's work? How's business? And what do we always answer? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we turn into Not Kevin bad. the teenager. We turn into Kevin the teenager. It's monosyllabic answers. <laughs> right. It's quite a British thing. Fine. It's quite a British thing to yeah. any question where you ask, how are you or how is yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, not bad. But actually, even if we take a more bullish, positive approach, we say it's great. It's good. It's going really well. We don't elaborate on that. Now, what I'm not advocating is you say, oh, I'm really glad you asked me that. How long have you got? A couple of hours? Come and sit over here and let me talk you through everything that's happened. I actually really want to hear your response, Andy. <laughs> how's work? Yeah. Well, you know, so for example, if you ask me how's work this week, I would say it's really good. I've just won a new client for early next year, which is really important to me. One sentence. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Now, there's, there's two, two types of people that ask you the question. There's those that care and those who don't. Mm-hmm. Those who don't care, their response to that answer would be, that's nice, well done. That's your cue. Do not say any more. Talk about sport, TV, anything but. They're not interested. The others will say, so what's, what do the client do? What are you going to be doing for them? Why is that important for you in your business? They'll ask a question that opens a gate. Yeah. And you walk through the gate with another sentence, not chapter and verse. Yeah. Well, not actually, monologue. Yeah, so it's a talk for organisations in this particular industry, the conference they're running. I think it holds a big opportunity for me. Again, they'll either say, that's nice, we've gone as far as I want to in this conversation, or so what sort of opportunities would it open? I didn't know you worked with that industry. Another gate's open, another sentence. So you walk through a gate at a time. You let them lead you through or slam the gate in your face, and then you know. And I think also when you do have those blocks where someone isn't taking you through that gate, then that is an opportunity to ask more about them and find out about them rather than just saying, right, this is a wall and we can't talk business at all. Because one of the chief things to understand about people and building rapport is everybody likes to hear, to tell their own story. Everybody wants to talk about themselves, even if they initially find it a little bit uncomfortable. I love that Dale Carnegie quote you gave earlier, actually. Say it again. What was it? The sweetest sound to any man is the sound of his own voice. And and most women I talk to do like that quote. (laughs) (laughs) So Andy, you were giving me that that there were seven steps really that you follow. And I think you managed to get through two or three and I cut you off. So so as I'm coming towards the end of the interview, go through those seven steps. So the first was recognise. Yeah, so it's the seven stages of professional relationships. So the first one is Mm recognise. Then the next three you'd be quite familiar with because it's know, like and trust, which Mm -hmm. I think Bob Berg originally talked about. Then you've got support. So once someone trusts you, they're willing to support you and be there for you. Then you've got advocate or champion. So that's someone who's proactively looking for opportunities and talking about you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then right in your, 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 the middle circle of that professional network, you've got friend. And that's where it then leaps over to personal network. 
Mm. Now, is the journey a smooth one all the time? Not necessarily, because you will have people who will trust you, but not necessarily like you, if that makes sense. They'll trust you professionally. They won't necessarily dislike you. I think dislike will lead to distrust, Mm. but they won't necessarily see you as a close friend. I've got clients who book me year in, year out, but I struggle to get a rapport with. You know, I try and have small talk. They're not interested. Not happening. But they trust me because otherwise, why would they use me on a regular basis? So it's not necessarily always a smooth path through, but that's a general, those are the stages you're looking And not everyone has to be your best friend in order to give you a recommendation or a referral. And I posted a video quite recently, a couple of weeks, where I asked the question, do we expend too much energy trying to get people to like us when what matters is that they trust us? And I shared some research from the book, the, the, the Truth About Trust in Business by Vanessa Hall. Vanessa is an Australian author who, who, who had conducted some research in Australia asking two questions. Would you do business with someone you like but don't trust? And would you do business with someone you trust but don't like? And unsurprisingly, it was the people you, you trust but don't necessarily like mm. that came out on top. And I think it's worth bearing that in mind. We're building professional relationships and yes some of those can turn into personal relationships and it's rewarding when that happens but not everyone will but you so you're not necessarily always aiming for stage seven where they become a friend but if you can get to stage six where they champion and advocate for you that's fantastic yeah amazing so for someone then who is perhaps feeling like they're struggling to build relationships what top three things would you say they need to start implementing on a daily basis I think if they're struggling to build relationships, number one is look at what time you're investing into it and whether the way you're trying to do it suits you or suits the person you're trying to build the relationship with. There's no point trying to build a relationship by email with someone who never reads their email and is swamped by it. There's no point trying to engage with them on LinkedIn if they only ever use Twitter. So you need to play in their playground if you want to build that relationship and you need to invest some time into it. Mm. The second point, I think, is the one that you've stressed And that is not making it all about yourself and show a real interest in them. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier about genuinely listening. You asked me, how do you stand out? Genuinely show an interest in other people. I loathe events where people tell you, ask this complete stranger what you can do to help them. And where people meet you for the first time and they say, what can I do for you? Get to know them. Get to the point where you care before you ask that question. But invest some time in getting to know people and getting to care about them. And then the third was have some focus on the key stakeholders, the key people you want to engage with and make sure you're consistent, you vary your approach and you stay in touch. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. I call them touch points. When you first meet someone, you want to accelerate those touch points and be visible and so that you get that from recognized to know quite quickly. And then when you get into the like and trust element, you might scale it back so you're not stalking them. Um, there's a fine line fine line line. and and I should stress at this point you know my job is to analyze the best ways to do this now when I communicate that it sounds like it's taking something that should be very authentic and natural and personable and turning it into a process which is quite feels a bit icky that's my job my job is to say this works your job is to apply it naturally and authentically and yeah you can do some thinking about it in the background and strategizing there's nothing wrong with that but when you engage with people you do it in a human way 
Yeah. Be human. I think that's the best advice for anyone out there running a business. Be a real human being who is actually genuinely bringing interesting people into their life and going out into theirs as well. Thank you so much for coming on today, Andy. That's been really insightful and I'm really looking forward to, I've not read any of your books, but I'm going to go away and make sure that I order some copies and we'll be putting links to them in the show notes for any of you listening today. That's it from us today. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.